Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will make them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. I'd like to begin with a question for you. Are you someone who typically dwells in the past, or are you someone who dwells more in the future? Just think about that for a moment. Are you someone who is oftentimes thinking about the past, or are you someone who spends more of your thought life thinking about the future? And the reason that I ask is because I'm beginning to realise more and more that I think the life of faith calls us to live in the present. And there are some problems if we dwell in the past or the future. Because in the past, well, there are two problems. The first one is what I call rose-tinted glasses. That's when we look at at the past and we we imagine that we remember the, the halcyon days. Those were the days, but now it's downhill from now on. Which isn't a very positive way of looking at the present or the future, is it? Or then there's almost the opposite thing we can do with the past, which is perhaps we've had a difficult past, perhaps a difficult childhood. Maybe relationships haven't worked out, they've broken down. Maybe jobs didn't work out. Maybe financially we came to grief. And, and thinking about those things, perhaps we think, well, that's my lot, that's how I am, and that's how it's always going to be. And so we can carry that sort of negativity through into the present and into the future. But on the other hand, if we're people who dwell in the future, and I tend to be more like this, this is, this is kind of, if I err on one side or the other, this is me, then if we're always thinking about what's going to happen in the future, then we tend to be worriers, we tend to be anxious, we tend to be fearful, because of all of the uncertainties in the future. You know, will my job work out? Or will I ever find a job? Will my children grow up and be happy? Will they, will they find life partners that they're happy with? Will, will I have enough money to retire on? Um, so many different things, so many uncertainties in life that if we always dwell in the future, we can be great warriors and very anxious. And I think the good news is that the scriptures this morning tell us a little bit about what it means 
to live a life of faith, which means living in the present rather than in the past and the future. And the first reading that we heard was from Genesis chapter 15. And you can either follow it from on page 15 in the Bibles or in your service sheets where it's printed. And it begins in the first verse where it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And he said, Do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your very great reward. So the first thing we can see there is that Abram was carrying fear. He was fearful. God said, Don't be afraid. What was he fearful about? Verse 2. Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? Abram was fearful because he was, he was quite an old man by this stage and he looked back over all his life and he'd had no child. And his fear was that this was just going to carry on into the future and that he would never have a child. And as he thought about the future, verse 3, he says, you've given me no children so a servant in my household will become my heir. In other words, I will have no family line of my own. As he thought about the future, he was afraid. What does God do? God says to Abraham in verse 4, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. God says, I'm telling you, you will have a child. And then God does something, I think, wonderful. He, it says in verse 5, He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars. He, he sort of drags Abraham into the present. And he says, come outside, look up at the stars. And what happens when we look up at the stars? Well, of course, there was no light pollution then. There would have been an amazing night sky. Just billions and billions of stars. And it reminds us about who God is, our creator. Because God created the entire universe and everything in it. That is the person who's telling Abraham that he will have a child. And therefore, he's trustworthy. Because he's the creator. And so in verse 6 it says, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. And so he put his faith in God. And then in in the second reading, um, in the letter to the Hebrews, um, we can see how faith is worked out in action. Um, How this living in the present um, works through faith. It begins in in verse 1 by saying, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Abraham was told by the Lord that he would have a child and Abraham then had faith. He then had confidence because of who God is. And if we jump to verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham, there he is again, When called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. God called Abraham to go to a faraway country where one day the descendants of Abraham would build a great nation. And Abraham believed the Lord. He left his town, his village, all all that he knew, and he struck out, even though he didn't know where he was going, for a distant land where God was going to lead him. And because he had faith, he wasn't worried about the future, and he didn't regret leaving behind the past. But in the present, he just broke camp every morning and moved on, pitched camp in the evening, broke camp the next morning and moved on, 
living in the present, believing and trusting in God, that God had a good plan for him and his descendants. Reminds me a little bit of a woman some of you will have heard of called Jackie Pullinger. Jackie, in the mid-60s, was in her, in the mid-1960s, she would have been in her early 20s, when she felt God calling her to go to a faraway country to take the good news of Jesus Christ to some people who needed it. And she wasn't absolutely sure where she was being called to, although she had an inkling it might be Hong Kong. But she wasn't sure. But she wrote off to all these mission agencies saying, would you take me on? And they all said no. And she wrote off to schools and and said, can I come and teach? And they all said no. And Jackie went to um, a vicar who was a friend of hers and told him about it and said, look, I don't know what to do. I feel God calling me. And the vicar said, just go. And she said, well, what do you mean? I can't just go. I haven't got, no one's going to fund me or anything like that. And he said, Jackie, he said, if God is calling you to go, he will give you all you need. He said, just buy a ticket on a boat going to the furthest country you can think of and get off when you feel God's prompting you. And so she did. And she bought a ticket to Japan and she got off at Hong Kong because she did feel that was where the Lord was calling her. And over the last 40 years, through her ministry, God has redeemed and, and, and changed and transformed the lives of thousands and thousands of opium addicts, of triad gang leaders, violent men, of, of hundreds of prostitutes who were, who were wasting their lives on the streets of, of, the, of the walled city of Hong Kong. And an extraordinary, um, extraordinary turnaround in so many people's lives as she introduced them to her Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And they came to faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. They were released of their addictions um, and, and, and let, let, let go of their old lives. <clears throat> and Jackie has never had to worry about where the funding was coming from. Where I think God just provided all the way along. God has provided. She arrived in Hong Kong with six pounds. Forty years later, there are rehabilitation centres all over Hong Kong and mainland China um, that she has started up saving lives all over the world because she trusted God and he provided. If we live in the present and we don't worry about the future and we're not anxious, we don't obsess about the past and we don't worry about the future, then that's the the way of faith. That's the life of faith. And that's what we're, we're called to. And the reason that we can do that, how do we do that? The way that we do it is because we have a faithful God. Jackie knew she had a faithful God. Abraham knew he had a faithful God. And we know that through this book, the Bible. Because the Bible is full, from beginning to end, of stories of God rescuing his people, saving his people, giving them what they needed. He saved Noah from the flood. He saved the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. He saved them again out of Um, uh, um, when they were exiled to Babylon. He saved them again from that. And and there is story after story after story. And ultimately, of course, God saved the world when, because he loves us so much, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who died for us on the cross, who carried our sins, who died in agony on the cross so that we could be forgiven, have our slates wiped clean and set free. And so we don't need to worry about what's happened. Because the cross means that everything in the past is forgiven. And the salvation that Jesus brings and eternal life with that means that everything in the future is taken care of. 
and we can live in the present. Because only if we live in the present can we know and love God and love others. You know, I I had a graphic illustration of this yesterday, and I fall down on this myself all the time because of my tendency to live in the future. I was at a wedding yesterday at Greyfriars Church. Um, It was was, um, um, Colin and Joe, who have actually started recently coming to St. Matthew's, but, but a long time ago they booked their wedding in Greyfriars Church. And anyway, after the wedding... A lovely young couple said, look, we're just going over to get our car from the Chatham Street car park, but we'll drive by the church and pick you up and give you a lift back to Southcote, because they knew I'd come on the bus. And so I said, thank you very much, that's great. So off they went. And meanwhile, I got talking to a woman in the car park at Greyfriars, a very good friend who I hadn't seen for a long time. And she was telling me about the family, what they were doing, about her new job, and all that kind of thing. But all the time she was talking to me, I was looking over her shoulders like this, over her right shoulder and her left shoulder like that, because I was looking at the road, anxious about the car that was coming to pick me up, so I didn't miss my lift back to Southcote. And to be honest, she must have felt so unloved by me, because you know what it's like if you're trying to talk to someone and they're just looking over your left shoulder, over your right shoulder like that, you know, you just, you're not loving them at all, are you? And it did actually occur to me while I was doing it, and I, was, I, I sort of caught myself. But that's, that's because I wasn't living in the present. I was already anxious about the future. Where's my lift? Will I miss my lift? Actually, the people who'd offered me a lift are utterly trustworthy. They would never have driven past. If I'd given that lady 100% of my attention, I wouldn't have missed my lift if I'd lived in the present. That's what we have to do. And this morning, as we come up, for communion this morning. When you take the bread, the body of Christ, remember that it's a reminder that Jesus has died for us on the cross, that our past is completely taken care of. Our, 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 our present and our future is not determined by our past because Jesus has saved us. And so we can give it to God and live in the present. And as you take the cup of wine... Remember, the, it's, called, it's often called the cup of salvation. And, in, and, and through Jesus, we have salvation and eternal life. And so our futures are taken care of in the most ultimate way. And so we don't have to worry about the future. And so my challenge, my challenge to you this morning, for all of us, I'm going to take up this challenge this week ahead, is... See if you can go through the week without worrying. And if any worry occurs to you, if any anxiety occurs to you, think to yourself, is that, am I obsessing about the past? Am I anxious about something in the future? And remember that God's taken care of it all. Because he loves you, you can live in the present and love him and love one another. Amen. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that because of what he did on the cross for us, everything that has gone is in your hands, taken care of, wiped clean, and that each day we have a fresh start. Thank you that you promise us salvation and eternal life, and therefore the future is taken care of. We pray that by your Holy Spirit, we would be people of the present, loving you and loving one another. 
We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen.